Check, 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 check. Ho, 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 ho. For the longest time. Check, 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 check. The mic works. Does my brain work? Is there anything left in the tank? It's hot. It's hot. It's a scorcher. We're having a heat wave. A tropical heat wave. Climate change, global warming. It's global warming. It's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. Are you in front of a fan right now? You got AC, huh? How are you keeping that brain sharp? Without AC, you have no chance. Just dragging your ass through the day. I picked a record in the room today that has no AC, so it's about to get a little sweaty. It's been a while, folks. It's been a minute. What you been up to? You good? Yeah? You doing okay? Yeah? All right, good. Let's settle in. Let's take a breath. Yeah, all jokes aside, that was needed. Sometimes just one. Sometimes just one mindful breath can reset you. Where are we? August 2022. No, where are we in our busy minds? In these busy lizard brains of ours? I just spend so much time overanalyzing everything in my busy mind. I saw a squirrel take five steps towards me today. I'm not making this up. This is not a joke. I was on a stroller walk with my baby. A squirrel, usually squirrels scurry away. We're used to that. They scurry away. They scurry up a telephone pole. They scurry up a tree branch. They can fly too. That's a trip. Squirrels can definitely fly a little bit, which is fun to watch. But this squirrel just took five squirrel steps towards me. And of course, my brain synapses start firing off. What's happening right now? Will this be a fight? Is the squirrel going to go after the baby? To which the squirrel would probably win that fight. Or if the squirrel comes at me, bites me in the neck, I get rabies. That's it. Put it on the gravestone. That's how I go out? Am I going out that way? Or is this one of my deceased relatives reincarnated coming to say hello? All those thoughts in my head. Not kidding. I wish I were. I wish I was the type of person that just said, hey, squirrel coming at me. No, squirrel not coming at me. But instead, I spend moments, actual moments of my existence Wondering if it's time to fight a squirrel or wondering if that's a reincarnated dead relative coming to say hi. Because I guess I believe in reincarnation. Actually, I don't know if I believe in it, but I don't not believe in it. I not 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 believe in it. Do you believe in it? Could we reincarnate into something else? Are we ascending in this path toward nirvana? Are we going there? Speaking of nirvana, did you see Dave Grohl pick up the drumsticks and play lithium recently? I don't even know if it was recently. I just know that sometimes I go to YouTube and I watch old bands that I like. And now I see, oh, they're doing that. Oh, they're still alive and they're still performing. And you go, wow, they're still doing it. And you find all these live performances and you go, okay, it's time to lose an hour of my life in that YouTube world where everything's caught on tape. There's footage of everything now. That's why history is going to be so easy to teach this generation with it all caught on tape. That's easy history to learn. Hard history is the ancient stuff where it's like, here's a statue of what the guy might have looked like. That's a sculpture. Who knows? I got no footage. I got no sources. We just assume he was a leader. He was a fighter. A lot of people died. Turn the page. I have turned the page. I did it. I turned the page. I work at a different high school than I used to work at. That means I had to clear out the desk of the previous high school. And as I'm clearing out the desk, usually... That means just throw everything away. It's a bunch of garbage. But I kept all of the handwritten notes I ever received for the last seven and a half years. Kept them all. I had this one little drawer. Even if it was, dear Mr. Rosenberg, have a nice winter break. Best wishes. Your third period student. 
Tyler. Saved it, kept it, kept it, saved it. And then we immediately forget about it, but I went through seven years worth of handwritten letters. It got a little emotional, got a little sentimental, because you do forget names, and then it just comes right back to the surface, and you go, yes, I remember that. Oh, I remember that kid, too. I remember that kid, too. They all make an impact on you, and you just have to jog your memory a little bit. Oh, yeah, 2017. I remember this. And the bottom line is you can only have those moments if it's something tangible, hard copy, handwritten. Not to say a nice email is meaningless, but if you write a nice email to someone, they'll forget about it. It'll just get buried in that inbox. But you give someone something in an envelope, envelope or envelope, we already had that conversation, and they rediscover it later in life, it could hit them twice. It could hit them, boom, boom, twice. That's my recommendation. Even though handwriting will be extinct soon, that's a bold comment, but yeah, it might be. In 200 years, handwriting? No. You DM everybody. Even email sounds a little old school to some of these students. But handwritten letters? Even if it's you could clearly tell their parents, ask them to just write, Dear Mr. Rosenberg, Merry Christmas. Even though he's a Hanukkah celebrator, who cares? Just go Merry Christmas. Give him the Starbucks gift card and let him get a latte. It's still so damn sweet. Then I bring all that, all that flavor to the new high school. Bring all my posters, all my toys. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. I'm moving into the gym. I'm meeting new people. Is it going to be different? Is it going to be the same? Am I nervous? Am I intimidated? Am I excited? Am I all the feelings? And someone told me, just know the students will be more nervous than you. And I go, oh, that's right. That's right. That's good. But the nerves are gone. I'm comfortable. And here we go. That's the name of the podcast. And here we go. We just move forward. We have all these transitions in our lives and the anticipation makes us feel a lot of things and our heart beats and we stay up late and we drive ourselves crazy. And then things just normalize. Think about the last thing you got all nervous and hyped up about. Think about the last thing that occupied a lot of headspace and then you got past it and then it just normalized. It's crazy how we could get used to things. It's crazy. That's why we need a kick in the ass. We need someone to kick us in the ass and say, hey, don't desire comfort, constant complacent comfort. You got to switch it up. You got to zig and zag a little bit, which is counterintuitive to a lot of us. A lot of us kind of want to plateau in this joyful ride. But no, sometimes you do need something a little uncomfortable to happen, a little foreign to happen. To feel alive again. I'm feeling alive. I actually am. I'm feeling alive. I'm feeling elated. You feeling that right now? I don't know. It's like the beginning of the school year. There's a freshness. Forget January 1st as the beginning of the year. This is the beginning when all your kids are going back to school. That is actually one thing I like about Facebook. Seeing all the parents put the pictures up. Timmy's entering third grade and Larissa's going into fifth. And I actually really like those. I like those photos. You see the incremental growth and you go, look at those smiles. Look at those backpacks. Who knows, it might be a shitty year, but they have one great photo of the first day of school and it just looks beautiful. Love those photos. You go through your Facebook stream, boom, boom, boom. You see all these kids headed into whatever school they're headed into and you truly just wish them the best. And that is why being a parent has helped me as a teacher because all these kids, whether they tune me out, whether they embrace it, whether they just hate being there, I think, all right, that's someone's kid. Just, that's all I think every day. That's someone's kid. And even though this is not like some glorified daycare, it's someone's kid. Give them a good experience. Think about it with my own daughters. When you send them into a classroom, you don't want them to just be a number, a face at a desk. You want them to be valued. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. We dropped our kid off at TK. 
Oh my God, all the feelings. I mean, all the feelings. TK, that's even before kindergarten, but it started. The school bus started. You know, the school bus with all the pictures, ba 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 ba. And you watch the growth. Well, ours has begun. TK, transitional kindergarten. Thank you, Governor. I think it's been implemented throughout the state. For kids who have birthdays, they don't turn five yet until like September through December. There was some legislation. I'm not describing it well, but it's even before kindergarten on the same campus with the kindergarten. And they get a backpack and they get a cubby and they get a name on a roster. And you go, oh, whoa, we're living in fast forward. You're living in fast forward, too. We're all just living in fast forward. And I guess I have to become way more comfortable with that because my hyper awareness of time passing the passage of time. It's probably a source of sadness to go, oh, I'm creeping towards that. I'm creeping towards that age where things hurt a little more and your hair gets a little more gray and I'm a little more wrinkled and my sleep is oh so terrible and I can't lose the pounds like I used to lose the pounds so I can't eat what I used to eat. I can't drink what I used to drink. I got to limit this and moderate that and I got to make these decisions because I want to stick around as long as I possibly can. I want to preserve this bag of bones before it atrophies to the point of embarrassment. So I'm there 40s feeling like 50 some days. It just is. Even to put this microphone where I'm speaking into it right now, I had to move aside my CPAP machine. It's not working well. How does anyone sleep with a CPAP machine? Luckily, my apnea is mild because if it was full-blown, I think that's the medical term, you got full-blown ugly apnea, then I would have to really connect to this tubage where they're blowing that distilled water airstream into my face and my wife looks over and she goes, you know, you look fine, you look fine. I'm still attracted to you, as the cue card says that I wrote for her. But that's not a good look to go to sleep with tubage and still hope to be attractive to your spouse. But hey, we're working things out. We are, we're working things out. And I email the Kaiser Sleep Lab and they say things like, eh, keep trying, uh, keep trying. I don't know. I might abort that mission real quick. Put in some Unisom, Melatonin, Ambien. Let me just sleep eight hours. Please let me sleep eight hours. So I'm at TL now. That's the school I went to. I went there and now it's renovated, almost unrecognizable. And I'm relearning a system that I once loved so much. And I love it again. I could tell I love it again. The kids are nice. The coworkers are sweet. So let's move on into a brave new world. Let's continue this journey, everyone, this journey. I'm teaching U.S. history, which means I'm going to study harder than all of them. I'm going to pleasure read my way through the American Revolution, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, the Mexican-American War, and all the war, World War One and World War Two. Here we go, a Civil War, a Cold War, a Cold War, a Civil War, another World War. We're just in a big-ass war book. Hey, kids, here's your wars book. Where am I going with today's war? Well, the Civil War is just so ugly. It's weird that we call it the Civil War because you think of the word civil. Civil? Hi. Be civil means, you know, be nice, be friendly. But our Civil War was probably the ugliest shit you could ever imagine. And I'm reading a book right now called Me and Robert E. Lee, and it's the Southerner who's having a reckoning with how he was indoctrinated as a, as a kid to believe that the Confederates had a great cause, the lost cause. But he's realized that those were just terrorists. This is his book, and this is a guy that grew up in it, worshiping Robert E. Lee, and now he's looking back. He became a teacher at West Point, a historian, and he's saying, those Southerners who fought against the North, they were fighting the U.S. Army. That's who they were fighting. And for all the reasons they throw into their textbooks and they continue to tell themselves, he's just saying, no, it was an immoral attempt to maintain slavery, no matter how you cut it. It's a good book by Ty Seduli. S-E-I-D-U-L-E. I'm definitely mispronouncing that. But it just is further proof that 
the roots of this country were always divided. The seeds that were planted, this idea, turn those colonies into states, detached from the monarchy, and let's do the damn thing. Let's do the damn democratic thing. It was a good idea, but the way it was viewed and implemented, it was just contentious and controversial and highly disagreed upon. How are we going to do this thing called America? Well, let's do it this way. No, I think we should do it this way. What about this way? So no one's ever agreed on it, but these regions still exist. The South, still remnants of the South. The North still kind of reflects the North, the West. We, we know that these areas, for all the progress we've seen, and there's been a ton of progress, a lot of these areas kind of retain their natural essence, I guess you could say. And that's why sports are so great. Here's where I'm going. I feel like this is all one big fat buildup how great sports are i'm watching will clark night giants cubs about a month ago it's will clark night they had to postpone this because of the pandemic but to honor will clark to retire his number to let him give a speech throughout the first pitch everybody's wearing 22 in the stands at oracle it's a beautiful thing and he's throwing baseballs i mean people worship him if you're a giants fan will clark is in your top three giants of all time right he just is or top five or for a lot of you he's your favorite giant of all time there's just something about will the thrill the opposite of steroid use but such a beautiful swing just a good teammate just played the game with such grit loved will the thrill people liked will so he comes back for will clark night and you realize the people cheering for him might be a lot of those Bay Area, woke Bay Area, liberal, democratic Bay Area progressives. I don't even know the voting patterns of Giants fans, but we're talking about San Francisco. And here's a guy from Louisiana, you know, hunting, fishing, southerner, tobacco chewing, Will Clark. Sports are so wonderful. We just intermix in sports. There's no other profession like this where a Southerner is going to come to the Bay Area and just be totally embraced. Maybe there is, but no one cares in sports. What your background is, if you produce, fans embrace you. Your teammates will embrace you. And it probably works on the flip side, too. There have been probably liberal Democrat athletes from the Bay Area, or they grow up in this culture. Maybe they're playing in Memphis or Nashville. And then the fans down there, they start to love them. You love these people. And then you hear him and you go, oh, okay, he's got that southern twang. It's a beautiful thing how sports just brings so many people together. And you can become a legend in a region that you would never become a legend in unless you had that sweet swing. Unless you had that jump shot. Unless you were able to throw that football over the mountains like Uncle Rico. The love for Will Clark far exceeds our local politicians. I mean, doesn't it really? The love for Will Clark around these parts exceeds... Most other folks in the Bay Area, and this guy's blood is probably not Bay Area blood. As we know, he loves the Giants fans. The Giants fans love him. But this is happening in sports all over the place. You grow up in a certain region, you become comfortable, and then if you're that good, if you're that good, the cream of the crop, that top percentile where you get drafted into the pros, and you can be told, hey, you grew up here, you grew up here in Texas, you're now in New York City. And you go to New York City, and you go, but but I don't know anything about the people there. And then you learn, and then it's just this melting pot of a dugout or a clubhouse or a locker room, and you're exposed to things you wouldn't have been exposed to. I guess this could happen on a local level with sports or a lower level with sports. Or just by being on a team with a common goal. Let's win the game. Bunch of different backgrounds. It's just the last bastion of hope. Guys bouncing all over this nation to play sports. 
and hopefully being embraced wherever they go. Not a lot of professions like that. Like think about where you work right now, where you work right now. Think about your job right now. If your boss just said, we're hiring a coworker from Kentucky and they're a Trump supporter, or if you were already in Kentucky and let's just say you work with a bunch of Trump supporters and they said down there, the boss said, we're hiring someone from Berkeley and this person is a major Biden supporter. Chances are they're not going to be welcome with open arms. You know, in your workplace right now, if the other is brought in to work with you, it could be a little uncomfortable. That's not sports. You watch Hard Knocks, watching the, who is it, the Colts right now? Who am I watching? No, the Lions. Watching the Lions right now. Just a bunch of different characters from a bunch of different places, all gelling. All gelling. Or at least you hope. I think I sound overly naive right now. Like, there's probably a lot of infighting and a lot of people who just want to play sports in their hometown because it's easier. But will the thrill have me thinking that this guy was a Southerner? And people did not give a shit because the swing was so sweet in the Bay Area. People never were wondering, who's he voting for? What's his stance on abortion rights? None of that stuff just comes up. Sports is just so pure. You don't even have to be a detective when you watch the games. Watching your favorite quarterback. You're never like, God, I wonder how he feels about gun control. No, just kidding, sling it. If all careers, if all professions, if all jobs were like that, just you got to gel together, diverse workplace, embrace it, listen, open your mind to different perspectives, we can make some strides. We should have drafts. Forget sports. We should have drafts. As a teacher, I should be drafted to teach elsewhere. And I'd resist and my new coworkers would resist me. And then after five years, see if there was some progress made. See if they learned anything or if I learned anything. Instead, we'll just stay in our pockets. Unless you're a professional athlete, you probably just stay in your own pocket of this country. All right, what am I talking about? I'm talking about magic. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about guys like Magic Johnson from Lansing who come out to L.A. And then they just become the face of L.A. You think of L.A., you think of magic. And by the way, have you noticed that Magic Johnson shows up in every documentary now? Just for two to three seconds? To say something so passionate. I think the last three documentaries I've watched. The Joe Montana documentary. Maybe a Marilyn Monroe documentary. A Sam Cooke documentary. I think it's a law now that magic is to say. They were the best. Ooh wee. Joe Montana. And you just go yeah. That guy makes me smile. He still does right. I dare you. To just look at Magic Johnson and not smile. I dare you. I know why he shows up in documentaries. If you're a filmmaker right now, I don't care. It could be about climate change. It could be about the meatpacking industry. It could be about unions. You probably need to do two to three minutes interviewing Magic just so he could add a little flavor. You'll see what I'm talking about. Over the next two years of your life, you'll be watching a documentary and it'll just be like, for no reason, Magic gets to go, ooh, and we were watching it all together. He just speaks in a way that's infectious. You just like hang on every word. Even if he doesn't know what he's talking about, you're like, God, man, that is one guy I want to know. I want to kick it with. I want to hug. Sure, he probably didn't know much about the Challenger and that mission to outer space, but he said, ooh, that rocket ship, full throttle. It was like a behind-the-back 
pass and he'll relate everything to his playing career. And you go, yep, for a moment, it makes sense. I was watching a documentary about the fishing industry recently after an hour. I was just so fascinated. There's magic for no reason. Hall of Fame NBA player Magic Johnson talking about those salmon swimming upstream like me to Kareem. And then back to the documentary. I think we all need a break for Magic to just talk about any subject. It's even better when it's not sports. Just any subject. I was watching a landscaping documentary about a month ago. They were talking about porcelain pavers and turf and mulch. And after about an hour and a half, they cut to Magic. Ooh-wee! You got those French drains. Like me finding Michael Cooper for an alley-oop. You got that irrigation. Mm, mm. You're like, yeah, you do have that irrigation drip system. I get it, Magic. I get it. You're watching football yet? Are these preseason games exciting already? I don't know why. Why is it when we get older we just care more about the U.S. involvement in wars, debates about Israel, and NFL? Maybe college football too, but as we boring men get older, why does preseason football become so watchable? It's just, you missed it. You missed it. It makes you realize, oh, school year's starting up again. It's August. Here we go. I'm watching these games, and it's how you know the CBS schedule of shows coming up. It's the only way you would know. Who's watching CBS TV shows? I know I've said this before, but I feel like everyone's just watching Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Apple TV, but they're still humans. They're still Americans who are watching a CBS one hour drama. And the NFL announcers always have to promote it. That's their job. Because why would I ever watch CBS, NBC, Fox? It's just for the football games. But during the game, the announcer will say, and don't forget Wednesday's The Equalizer. Starring Fred Savage, he guarantees no man finishes last. 9 p.m., The Equalizer. And you're just like, what was the tagline? Fred Savage as the equalizer guarantees no one. Get get back to the game. I'll watch fourth string quarterbacks. But stop with the promos. Thursdays, she's back. Tia Leone is the closer at 8 p.m. Be sure to tune in. She's taking no prisoners. Tia Leone is the closer. Fourth and one, Bills at their own goal. It's like, come on. God damn. Why am I getting so worked up? You know we all love it when the announcer has to pivot away from sports to promote something that they don't know a damn thing about. Packers here in a must-score situation with ninth-string quarterback Dan Balladaducci under center. But right now we want to remind you that Fridays at 10.30 p.m., Sinbad is back in the Dominator. Unlike you've ever seen him before, Sinbad is ready to dominate. Packers ready to make a statement before they open up the season. Oh boy, the Dominator. I'll watch. I'll give it a whirl. I'll give it four seconds. What I give to everybody. Think about 20 years before your birth. What year was it? For me, it's 1961. Think about that. 20 years is not a long time, folks. It's a blip. It's a hiccup. In the grand scheme of things, in the history of planet Earth, 20 years is nothing. But right now, say your birth year out loud, me, 1981. So 20 years before that, 1961, 
and then just Google up some songs from that year. Just Google up some songs from that year. They're going to sound ancient to you. I'll prove it right now. I'm going to prove it right now. All right, songs from 1961. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to that intro. That was the greatest thing I ever heard. Bong, bada, dong, bada, dang, dong. Blue moon. Oh, this shit is so good. So high schoolers just going to their school dance 20 years before I was born, going into the gym, ready to get that freak train going, looking across that gym. Oh, I want to dance with their bomb. Oh, come on. That's our song. That's their song. Easy going me. Wound oh. up knowing you. Oh. What a pity you could not. Oh, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. That's where I know this from. This one's on that album, This Is the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. You stepped out to see. Oh dear. Didn't worry. He there we go. 1961. Gene Chandler. Oh, how about Mama Said? Now we're talking. See, this was not the worst year for music. It's pretty good. What did Mama say? She did say that. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama, Mama said. All right, let's twist. Hey, let's twist. All you do is this. Hold your arms out straight and let your hips rotate. Did this have parental advisory explicit they lyrics? Were the parents worried the kids are out there twisting? God damn it. All right, so of course, that sounds old to my ears. That sounds very old to my ears. But I currently teach 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. What's 16 years ago? These kids were born in 2006. Is that right? My math is so humiliating. Just doing that right now out loud on this podcast, I've been exposed. It took me a long time. I think 2006, 16 years ago. So a kid that's born in 2006, 20 years before they were born is 1986. See that I could do really well. So if I go to Spotify and I just type in top songs from 1986. And if I played these for my students, it would sound just like to my ears. Dijonese, you remember when the Dijonese commercial came out and I didn't even know that that was Duke of Earl. I was just like, whoa, that Dijonese commercial's good. You just created that jingle? No, they copied it. Like when I 
thought Ice Ice Baby was its own thing. No, that's Under Pressure. That's Freddie Mercury. Like when I thought You Can't Touch This was its own thing. No, that's Rick James, bitch. All right, students, here's a song 20 years before ya. This is good. That's a hit. Huey. Let's get some Huey from 86. God, he was good. Who didn't like Huey to this day? Everyone likes Huey. We've had some fun. Ooh, Lionel Richie was big in girls had that Bon Jovi poster on their wall. Bon Jovi poster on your wall next to your NXS poster on your wall. It almost sounds like a joke. There's no way any 16-year-old would like that stuff. It just sounds like a joke. It's the equivalent to... bomba da bomba dang 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 bomba da bomba dang 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 Oh, these kids are young. I had two kids come into my classroom and just start playing Pokemon cards. I've never heard of that in my life. I've heard of magic. I've heard of Dungeons and Dragons, but they were just playing these card games. They were quick with each other, just playing that Pokemon and I did my best to pretend that I understood what was happening in front of my eyes. But that's just going to continually happen. More people saying things and doing things that doesn't register as real life. Wait, what are you two doing? It looks like you're not doing something electronic. So let me I applaud that real quick. But they were just pop, bitty pop, these Pokemon cards. I don't know. I want to see a couple kids come in with some vintage pogs. I'll bring my slammer. I'm ready. I'm ready to start a pog club. I'll bring my slammer. I'll bring... What was that one? Limited, chagrined. You remember when we convinced ourselves that Pogs were valuable, so don't throw them away? They're still in my mom's garage. Just like a shirt my mom kept of me with the Ultimate Warrior's body superimposed over my face. Exploring my mom's garage is a magical mystery tour. Oh my God. All the garbage bill kids you ever wanted. All right, I'm going to finish this. I think I'm done. Let me just play this guy's lyrics. Mike and Nine, if you don't know who he is, if you ever wondered, what does water sound like if it was words what's the fluidity of hip-hop lyrics just bouncing around through a piano scale let me give you a little of this before i say goodbye here's a little mic and nine 
Can we never, never put some work in? Talk when you met him off a pop of pusher than be taken. That there's nothing if we all ain't drunk with your mistakes you're making. Sex and psychology to mix the instability of sinister soliloquies and fellowship facilities. And seven is a prevalence of paper doing what you love. And eight is the way you hope and faith when kicking me three dubs. And nine is the ending up a bottom for my last inch. So quickly with the chest, I hear her grinning when they fall and off. And ten in the labyrinth, labyrinth, and you lost. Eleven in your breath and your moan and mouth and your flaws. If you just don't help yourself with love and profit Keeping products on the shelf and pop The 30 is with only make energy from a bomb 40 is resorting to disloading going on 50 and then when anyone can vote his sponsors Just on and on and on and on And I could listen to that for ever Sandlot forever This Friday Judd Hirsch is back In a role guaranteed to disappoint at 10 p.m., it's the Enhancer. Hirsch, like you've never seen him before. The Enhancer? CBS is running a show with Judd Hirsch called The Enhancer. Who? What middle states are viewing this? What flyover states? How insulting. You've heard that term, the flyover states? No one's vacationing there. Those are the flyover states. How insulting. Is this the Flyover Podcast? I'll just take that insult and drop it right into episode 192. Leave a nice rating. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. That's it. This one's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>